Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, May 25th. Our top story today, tributes for a schoolboy in Gravesend who took his own life. 15-year-old Tristan Taylor, who was a pupil at Thamesview School, died last Saturday. His family say that maybe he didn't know how much he was loved. Lucy has been following this story. Lucy, this is such sad news. What do we know so far? Yes, it's come as a huge shock to everyone. Tristan's mum, Gemma, and stepdad, Shane, say there were no indications that Tristan was planning to take his own life and he was even excited about his newly decorated bedroom that was completed that day. Last year, there were signs that Tristan was struggling with his mental health as he had self-harmed, but his mum said things seemed better and that she always made a point of talking to him when things seemed tough. He'd even developed a close circle of friends that he would chat to in the early hours of the morning. He'd had difficulties at school after being diagnosed with ADHD but his teachers say he was a much-loved member of the school. And now we're seeing tributes from friends, classmates and members of the community. Yes, Tristan is being described as popular and the one who always made everyone smile. We've seen a memorial wall of flowers, letters and bottles of Tristan's favourite drink, Mountain Dew, pop up outside his school. His friends are planning to release balloons in his memory at High and Rec at 7pm this Saturday. They're also hoping to raise money for a memorial bed and plan to introduce an annual football match to honour their friend. What support is being offered to anyone who might be struggling with Tristan's death? Well, his parents want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to talk about what's happened. They're standing at the school gate every afternoon and offering support. They're promoting charities and places people can go if they need help, including suicide prevention group Papyrus UK and the Samaritans. The school is also providing counsellors to staff and students. Thanks, Lucy. Anyone struggling with their mental health is urgent to seek support. Also making news today, the number of people coming to live in the UK has reached record levels. New immigration figures show net migration in the UK reached 606,000 in 2022, according to official figures. Thanet MP Craig McKinley isn't happy and says the rules need tightening. I think last year is, is an unusual year and the figures, I think, need pairing down into those different segments. We've had over 170,000 uh, Ukraine uh, refugees and we have uh, the schemes in place for Afghans and Syria and also we've got the British passport holders overseas uh, the Hong Kong uh, people who've come in as well so that's sort of perhaps a, an unusual feature but yeah underlying that there is still a very large number of others and those others would be students and dependents and work visas now i've got grave concerns that the level of of uh, salary and skills by which you can qualify for a work visa has been the same for many years and it is uh, particularly low which has meant that virtually you know, a majority of jobs in the uk are available frankly to anybody in the world so there are tools at our disposal to look at this and get it down but you're quite right paul this seems to have crept up upon us and the numbers are just too high not just too high uh, for housing, which is always under pressure. Uh, you and I will know all too well that uh, when there is a big housing estate proposed, there is a lot of concern about that. And it's a very big political issue. I think some of that played out in the local elections just a couple of weeks ago. But no, we, we, we don't do not have the facilities to 
cater for this number of people on an annual basis. And work has to be done to get these numbers down to more realistic levels. Uh, I've given you a few options, and that is to stop the dependent route for students. I mean, I'm always quite very welcoming of students because it's a great British export. But to then be allowed to bring um, family members as well is quite a unique situation that very few other countries do. And the, as I say, the number of work visas given out for fairly low skilled jobs now is also far too high. I mean, to me, one of the, the solutions, because it's always the clarion call, oh, we need more uh, people in to fill the roles. How does that match with 5.3 million people on a form of working age benefit? Uh, many of which most of would be quite fit and well and healthy enough to do a job. And yet we've still got a million uh, job vacancies. So get those filled internally first, see where your skills gap is, encourage businesses to uh, in, in, do those skills and skill up their workforce so that we do have the, the type of skills that we need for a modern economy. And then if we have a shortage, we then uh, look abroad. That to me seems to be the very sensible policy that we should be pursuing. And I think these numbers will be a wake up call that that type of uh, policy will now be uh, pushed forward for the future. But uh, yeah, I'm unhappy about it. My constituents will be unhappy about it. I don't think we'll be alone on that. Of course, you know, you talk about uh, training the workforce here, but you can't suddenly, you know, wave a wand and have fully trained people in some of these professions you've referred to. So there is going to be a need for it. Well, there is for a certain number, but uh, I, I'm not entirely sure there's a need because some uh, salaries, you can be as low as 21,000, which is uh, yeah, very, very much below the average salary in the UK, uh, a salary of 21,000 in certain jobs, and you can apply for a work visa. Uh, by that very nature, they would be, I would assume, and I don't think I'd be far wrong in assuming that, they'll be at the more unskilled end of the market. And those most certainly should be filled uh, by those that are currently on working age benefits that could be filling them. Of course, if there are still skills gaps, then we, we need to look at what we're doing in terms of education. Uh, will T-levels help? Uh, are some of the university courses really uh, getting youngsters ready for a world of work? Are they the type of skills that businesses really need? So I think we need quite a big, hard look at ourselves across many uh, aspects. That's DWP, uh, that is education, uh, so that we are actually skilling up our workforce and those coming through youngsters that will be um, joining the workforce as years go, go ahead, uh, that they're ready for those jobs. But you're quite right, there will be a lag and there will always be a need for uh, skilled workforce. I mean, one obvious one will, will of course, be in NHS and, and care. Are there things that the government ought to be doing but aren't, aren't doing just at this point? I mean, we've heard about, you know, restrictions on visas for students, perhaps, and student dependents, but that's probably around the margins, isn't it? Um, well, it's quite a big number, actually, uh, up to 140,000 last year. That's been a massive escalation, quite a, a multifold escalation, I think six times from where it was in 2019. I'm not quite entirely sure how these numbers have crept up so so hugely. Um, I mean, we're in loophole world. I think some of these students are you know, obviously wealthy, good backgrounds abroad, um, families wealthy enough to pay the, the fees at university here in the UK. And I, I think many would say this is being used as a backdoor route into access to the UK. That is not what it's for. Uh, it is for education and hopefully to, to take the skills back home when the education has finished. So, yeah, there's lots we can do. But, uh, yeah, that, I think that's quite a significant figure, actually, Paul. And that could be borne down upon. Uh, but I honestly think we need to look at this salary level and skills level 
which is opening up most of the UK job market to the entire international community. That just seems to me uh, completely bonkers when we've got so many uh, that are on working age benefits. The cost of that is now approaching £100 billion a year, uh, nearly £2 billion per week. Uh, we should be saving some of that money by, by really demanding uh, that uh, people who are unemployed are, are taking some of these roles. And I don't think that's an unfair thing to ask when they're in receipt of, of yours and my taxpayers' money on a weekly basis. Earlier in the week, it was confirmed overseas postgrad students will be banned from bringing dependent family with them. That'll come into effect next January. Kent Online reports. Armed police have been called to Dartford following reports of someone with a gun. Officers used a helicopter to help search an area near William Mundy Way yesterday evening. It's unclear if anyone was arrested. A pair of drug dealers from Maidstone and Ashford who used an encrypted phone network have been sent to prison. The two men use EncroChat to supply cocaine and cannabis. They've been handed a combined sentence of more than 14 years. A thief who stole more than £13,000 from unattended tills across Kent has been jailed. Over the course of eight months, Bradley Pogmore targeted retailers using tools to crack open empty checkouts and stealing hundreds of pounds at a time. The 40-year-old who lives in Foxlands Road in Dagenham was sentenced to two years and nine months behind bars. A Sevenoaks man has been fined for fishing without a licence. The 24-year-old from Otford Road was caught at a lake in East Grinstead last September. The Environment Agency say they hope it's a warning to others as they try to protect fish populations. Kent Online reports. A Kent MP has called for new laws to ban violent passengers from flying. At the moment, anyone who causes a problem on a flight can be prevented from travelling with that airline again, but they're not allowed to share their details. Dartford's Gareth Johnson says it's about time the rules were changed. Uh, Violent incidents on aeroplanes are rare, but the problem is increasing. The combined nature of an aeroplane makes an out-of-control individual far more concerning than on any other mode of transport. People cannot get away from it easily. It can be terrifying for nervous flyers and deeply concerning for everyone on a plane where where just one person is acting in a violent manner. Where it is a group of people, the situation is much worse. Cabin crew should not have to deal with such incidents and they should be protected by this place when carrying out their duties. Madam Deputy Speaker, we currently ban people from driving if a criminal offence is committed in a car. We ban people from football matches if they take part in hooliganism. We even ban people from being directors of companies. But we happily allow people who assault airline staff to get back on a plane without any power from the courts to stop this. So this bill could be used by the courts in a similar way as drink driving, by banning a disruptive person after conviction for a set period of time, or as in football banning orders, on an application by a police officer. Airlines can ban people from using their own company again but they cannot share information about that person to other airlines. So letting the courts stop the worst offenders will not only help protect cabin crew and passengers, but act as a deterrent to anyone tempted to be violent on a plane. Right now, a person can be violent on a plane, be banned by that airline, and then straight away get on another airline's plane and be violent again. That cannot be right. 
Recent figures show the number of violent incidents on flights has tripled since 2019. Medway Council's new leader has announced a 100-day plan for the town after officially taking over the job. Labor were voted in at the recent local elections with Vince Maple outlining what he hopes to achieve over the next few months. He says they'll be launching a cost-of-living plan, tackling rogue landlords, fly-tipping and antisocial behaviour. Transport bosses are being criticised after it emerged developers no longer need to consider the impact new projects will have on traffic. Kent County Council say their policy is now to focus on encouraging house builders to consider active travel plans that would enable people to walk, cycle or take public transport instead of driving. Those opposed the plan say it's impossible to deliver and communities will be choked with congestion. A controversial one-way system in Maidstone is set to be scrapped after local bosses admitted it made the congestion problem worse. Council have pulled the plug on the scheme around Hart Street and Barker Road at Lockmeadow. It launched in March and will be rolled back in early June. Kent Online reports. A sitting-born pensioner says he's been losing sleep after wrongfully being issued three parking tickets at a Tesco car park. Malcolm Stevens, who's 77, has been travelling to Faversham Tesco almost every Saturday for years and says he's been correctly validating his tickets but has been issued fines anyway. He's challenged the penalties which have been cancelled but he says the experience has left him fearful of going there again. The operators of the car park say Mr Stevens' tickets weren't properly validated, but they waived the fine on a goodwill basis. A former pub in Sittingbourne has been put on the market for £1.5 million just a month after people living nearby were told it was being converted into flats. The Kemsley Arms closed in 2013 and has been branded an eyesore. The site has planning permission for 28 homes and shops. The owner of a Margate hotel says he hopes artist Tracy Emmett will be one of the first guests when it opens this summer. Will Jenkins has spent the past two years renovating the building in Dolby Square in the Cliftonville part of town. He's described the nine-bed property as falling apart when he took it on, but hopes to have preserved it for the next 100 years. There are calls for an auction house in Canterbury to remove a collection of Nazi memorabilia from sale. The items, including uniforms and flags, have been listed by Canterbury auction galleries and are due to go under the hammer next week. Unlike in some other countries, it's not illegal to sell such items here. The managing director has defended the decision, saying you can't just expunge history. Kent Online reports. A Kent business which has distributed fresh fruit for more than 20 years has gone into administration. Cool Fruit, which operated in Selinge, blamed the cost of living crisis for the closure. It's thought they employed around 30 people. Bosses at Cineworld say they expect to exit bankruptcy protection in July after securing more financial backing for their restructuring plan. The company, which has sites in Rochester, Ashford and Dover, filed for help in the US last year as they were struggling with debts and low audience numbers. A new update today says they're cinemas are continuing to run as usual without interruption. Kent Online reports. The MP for Chatham's announced she's going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro this summer to raise money for breast cancer Kent. Tracy Crouch was diagnosed with the disease in 2020 and given the all clear a year later. She's teamed up with six other local women who are aiming to raise £100,000 for the charity which supports medical teams across the county. At Kent Online you can see a picture of a tropical catfish that's been found in a stream in Tunbridge Wells. It's it's thought to be about two and a half feet long and was seen near Ashenden Walk and Home Farm Lane earlier this week. Experts reckon it was dumped in the water as an unwanted pet. Hobbycraft have confirmed they're going to be opening a new store in Canterbury. It'll be at the Riverside Retail Park and the sixth one in the county. We haven't got an opening date yet, but do know it will be in the summer. Kent Online Sports.
In cricket, and Kent have got their T20 Blast campaign off to a winning start by beating Gloucestershire at Canterbury. The Spitfires limited their opponents to 113 runs before reaching the target with 39 balls to spare. It comes after a disappointing few games in the county championship. Michael Hogan, who's recently joined the team, took three wickets in last night's match. The buzz and the energy from the boys was... You know, it was top class and yeah, it's always an exciting time playing your first T20 of the year. But, you know, I think um, we haven't probably started the season as well as we would have hoped. And that, just to change a format and a new lease of life, the boys were buzzing. Yeah, so it was fantastic to get the uh, get the first win on the board. I mean, obviously, if, you, if you're chasing you know, under, under six and over in the, in the T20 game, you'd, you'd back yourself to win most of them. But, yeah, took wickets, obviously, all the way through. Everyone chipped in and took some, some poles there and some cru- at some crucial times as well. So, you know, Jack, Jack uh, bowling the first over and sort of bowling the power play, bowling three in the power play as an off-spinner and doing a, a, a great job. So, you know, everyone chipped in, like I said, and, you know, it's yeah, great to come away with a win. And I love this format and it's, uh, pride myself in the way I sort of bowl on the power play and these types of things. So it was... Yeah, nice to get a couple of wickets on the board again. It's been a bit of a slow start for myself and, and uh, you know, in a new environment. But, um, yeah, the boys could be more uh, more welcoming and, and sort of inclusive. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. And, um, yeah, again, nice to start well. You know, it's, it's a real sort of um, key point for us is to is to own uh, own the ground here and, you know, play, play well at home and then, um, you know, see what we can do away. But, yeah, great start, you know. Um, obviously another tough one on Friday at the Oval, but, um, yeah, looking forward to that and it should be a good contest again. Joe Denley scored 35 and he's happy with that result. Feels really good, actually, and to do it the way we did was, um, you know, obviously really positive for us and um, Gloucestershire have been a little bit of a bogey team for us over the last few years and, you know, to get a win first up and against them um, gives us great confidence. With our bowling, we're going to have to be adaptable throughout the, the season, you know, various different matchups and... It's the way T20 is these days, and um, I thought, yeah, Jacko with the new ball really set the tone, uh, and Hoagie as well coming in and, and putting their batters under pressure on a pretty good wicket. Um, and yeah, very happy with the start. Yeah, it was nice to get a run out and, and contribute in the field. Um, didn't get a chance with the ball, but I'm sure there'll be opportunities with their forward. And um, yeah, our fielding is a is a real key, I think, uh, for us. We've always been a, a pretty good white ball outfit in the field, and um, yeah, the standards were pretty high today. Next up is a trip to the Oval to take on Surrey tomorrow evening. And in football, the Gillingham boss says work is continuing behind the scenes as they prepare for a new season. We already know they've offered new contracts to David Tutonda and Alex McDonald, but it's hoped there'll be some new faces at Priestfield too. The players will be returning to training in just over a month's time. Here's manager Neil Harris. Busy just following football, concentrating on football, making sure that you know we don't stand still. And when we keep driving forward, we're, we're, we're getting the right signings. Um, but no, very much looking forward to next season already. You know, ever so excited. You know, I can't can't be more honest than that. It's, you know, it's, we're in a really good place. You know, the lads have been great. The football club's in a good place, and and, and I know there's a lot of excitement out there. And, and I'm not going to add to the internal pressure of, of us wanting to do well next year. Um, but that'll come naturally because of what we produced in the second half of the season. Um, but we're geared up for it. We're ready for next season already. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.